Good morning. Good morning. We'll go ahead and have y'all, uh, as you make your way in, I'll get started with announcements and we can get rolling. Uh, so first thing, once again, so I don't forget, uh, if you could fill out a uh, card and then we'll pass the cards into the middle of the aisle and we'll be good to go whenever the, the boys come around to pick some stuff up. Um, let's see. So I know Eric last week, Eric was very, very short with his announcements, and I want to see if I can one-up him because I really don't have much to say either. Uh, first thing, we've got small group Sunday today. Today is small group Sunday, and so uh, get with your small group. Maybe you've already met this weekend. I don't know, but I know that we've got some meeting uh, this afternoon and then later this evening, and so we hope that you'll uh, find your small group and get with them. And then later this week, we've got a Tuesday night pie devo. Notice I said Tuesday night, not Wednesday night. And so, uh, in place of our normal Wednesday evening classes, we've got our uh, annual Thanksgiving week, Tuesday night Pied Evo. I think there's going to be some coffee. We'll have some, some of our young men uh, reading scripture, leading prayers, different stuff like that. And so, that'll be this Tuesday at 6.30, uh, normal class time, but Tuesday night. And then we won't have anything on Wednesday, nothing Wednesday, so... All right, I don't know if that was quicker than Eric, but that's all I got. So I'll have you stand for uh, scripture reading this morning, and then I'll ask that you keep standing for the next two songs, please. So this is Psalm 107. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story, those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands, from east and west, from north and south. There is beyond the
Before our prayer, there's a couple of announcements I'd like to make. Um, Cooper Reed, the young man who's a student at Troop that was injured during football season this uh, past fall, has suffered a stroke, and he's at Children's Hospital in Houston, and we just continue our prayers for him and that family and that school. Uh, Secondly, Betty Mathis, who's sitting in the back, um, she's been attending here for two years, came to Tyler from Nashville, where she attended church for 34 years, and her niece and nephew have been kind enough to bring her. This is her last Sunday with us. She's, um, she told me she thought this would be her final church home, but lo and behold, God has different plans for all of us, and she's going to be moving to Rapid City, South Dakota. So, uh, yeah, get a coat, pay homage, pay homage to Mount Rushmore and the presidents there, but... Uh, she told me that uh, she tr- really found that this was a, what, in her words, a truly friendly congregation, very much like where she attended for 34 years in Nashville. Betty, will miss you. We safe journeys to you and your family. Um, today, Bill's sermon is about being prepared in the spiritual battle that is taking place. Sometimes that battle is external. Sometimes it's internal. And when I think about the internal part, I think about the opening stanza of a sign of a, from the song A Crazy Beautiful Life by Thomas Hine and Scott Chesick, and it, start, it says the following. It might seem strange to you, my friend, that some things are always heaven sent. The more you want, the harder it gets. The more you let go, the more you get. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day that we could come and pray and worship you and together in this place and together in freedom and in peace and father we pray for this thanksgiving week and all that it represents and for those who are traveling who are traveling here and those who are traveling away and father we pray for safe journeys for all those uh, those families and father we pray for the members here and the visitors that are have joined us and those who have joined us online And, Father, we just pray for this church. We pray for the staff. We pray for the elders, the deacons, the teachers, the volunteers. And, Father, we pray for the continued growth of this church. And, Father, there are many on our prayer list, and then there are some who are not. And, Father, we know that you know our needs. And, Father, we pray for Kimberly Holt and Tommy Price, Scarlett Worley, Michael Sherritt, Aiden O'Donnell. Father, we pray for Ann Harden's brother-in-law, Gary, who's struggling with leukemia, is in a hospital in Dallas. And Father, we pray for Jane Posey, who is back in the hospital. We pray for her and her daughter, Michelle Ingram, who is taking care of her. And Father, we pray for young Eli Hodges and his upcoming surgery. He's just a little guy, and he's had a lot to deal with. But we pray for the parents and the grandparents, David and Jenny Wicks. Father, we pray, we we celebrate the birth of Bridget Caroline Peterson, the daughter of Caroline and Bryce Peterson, and the granddaughter of Wade and Diane, and the great-granddaughter of Wanda. And she's had some health issues, but we we know that uh, you will take care of her and that family, and we pray that you will be with them as they raise that child to love and honor you. And Father, we pray for our Brookhill students, those boarding students who have been coming and attending this church, and and we just pray a special prayer for them and their families. Uh, Many of them are boarding students, so their families are overseas, and they cannot travel home overseas, and this is their first Thanksgiving to be away from them. And, Father, we just pray that 
you will be with them and comfort them in this time of separation. And Father, in all these things, we, we know to turn to you, to trust you, to believe in you, and that if we turn our burdens over to you, that we will have the confidence that you will take care of us. And Father, we pray for our elected leaders and the unrest in the world and, and the division that many seem to use to gain power. But Father, we know that, that governments are of this earth and they're finite, but your, your world and your kingdom is infinite. And Father, we pray that we will just remain strong and steadfast in the battle between good and evil, because it is a battle. And Father, we pray, we, we are mindful of those words in John 14 that says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And Father, we've all sinned and we all fall short, but we are here to learn and to worship you, but also here to help each other and encourage each other. And Father, as we close, just help us to always be mindful that you always love us that you'll never forsake us, and that you'll always do what's best for us. In your son's name, amen. To prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper, we're going to be singing, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. When I This morning, I want to read a very familiar passage. You've heard this many times before the Lord's Supper. But I want to read this again, and then I want to make three comments about this passage of Scripture. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
In the same manner, he also took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Many times the reading is stopped right there, but I want to continue. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. The three important words that I recall from that reading, remembrance, examine, and discern. Who are, who are we remembering this morning? We're remembering Jesus. He's my Savior. He's your Savior. We remember him. We look inward. That's what that word examine means. Look inward. What we're about to do, ask yourself, am I worthy to even partake of this? When I think of what he did for me and for you, am I worthy? And lastly, discern. Do I grasp the importance of what we're doing? A lot of it is obscure as we think of what happened. But are we discerning this actual event that we're participating in this morning? You know, distractions occur during communion. It's inevitable. But the power of the mind can redirect these distractions for good. And I'll give you an example. Sometimes, and I hear one right now, and it's beautiful, you'll hear a baby cooing or crying. That's not a distraction. That's, that's a noise, but you take that little baby and what he's saying in his own way and think about at the crucifixion the mothers that were there, the children that were there. There were children crying as Jesus was on the cross. So when you hear that, don't let that disturb you or distract you. Let it redirect your mind to the cross. Secondly, sometimes during communion, people will whisper. They'll be talking. They'll be laughing. Don't let that discourage you or distract you. Think about this. When Jesus was on the cross, people talked, people laughed. Think about that. He heard, the, he heard the laughter. He heard the whispering. So redirect that for good as we partake of this Lord's Supper. And lastly, people will play games, goof off, not pay attention, move around, 
during the communion service. Same thing happened when Jesus was on the cross. Think of the soldiers who were playing games, playing cards, drawing for his garments. That occurred while he was on the cross. So if you see that or hear that, redirect that right back to the cross because Jesus endured the same thing. You know, if your son or your daughter was involved in a serious incident, it could be an accident, it could be an illness, and there's people standing over here laughing, joking, not paying attention, not taking it serious, you would be upset. Think of our God who looked down and saw the atrocities being committed to his son. And he saw the people that were there not paying attention, not taking it flippantly. It's an important part of our service to God. So in closing, we must remember, we need to examine ourselves, and we need to discern exactly what we're doing. Let's pray. Father, we now take this bread, which clearly represents your son's body as he was on the cross. Let us think soberly, earnestly, heartily about his sacrifice. All we can say, Father, is thank you for what he did. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
As we continue to remember and examine ourselves and discern what we're doing, I can't help but think of the Lord himself as he endured everything that we've read about. Forgive them, Father, they know not what they do. Who of us could say such a thing if that was done to our daughter or our son? Let's pray. Father, we continue our memorial service to you by partaking of this fruit of the vine, which to us as Christian brothers and sisters represents your blood that was shed on that cross. Father, we take it now believing that it is through the blood that you shed that we have the hope of eternal life. Again, Father, all we can say is thank you for what you did for us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we uh, conclude our Lord's Supper, I hope we continue to remember, examine, and discern what we've done here today. Lord willing, we'll be able to do this again next week. It never gets old. It never is tiresome. When we think that Jesus gave his life for every person in this auditorium this morning, it's it's incredible, and so we're so thankful. But now we have an opportunity to, as part of our worship, to return a portion of what the Lord has blessed us with. Let's pray. Lord, you continue to bless West Irwin. You continue to bless the, the efforts and the work that go forward from our congregation. And we pray, Father, that you'll continue to bless us Bless us with good health as a congregation. Bless us with good health as individuals. Thank you for the resources that you have provided to us. And we pray, Father, now as we give back to the treasury that we will do so joyfully, freely, and enjoyment 
that we can share with others the good fortune that you have blessed us with. We pray, Father, that what we do here today will help reach the lost, save those who have never heard the gospel preached. And we know that this takes funds, and we just pray that you'll bless what is collected today. Thank you so much for all you do for us. Continue to bless us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's sing thank you, Lord, and get our kids up here for kids' time today. Thank you, Lord, for loving me, and thank you, Lord, for blessing me. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole and saving my soul. I want to thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you. This week is a special week because on Thursday we have a special day. What day is it? Thanksgiving. That's right. And we just sang a song thanking God and thanking our Lord Jesus for all of the wonderful blessings that we have. You know, one of those blessings is that we get to be in the Lord's army. And this morning we're going to be talking about the armor of God. While you're in blast, we're going to be talking about the armor of God in here. Now, some of you have actually had classes or blast or VBS lessons about the armor of God. Does anybody remember any parts of the armor of God? Do you remember any of those? Like, what do you know? The shield of faith. That's a good one. That's right. Can you remember any others? Like the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit is another one. Do you remember what the sword of the spirit is? It's the Bible. It's God's Word. Now, we sing a song about being in the Lord's army, don't we? Do you want to sing that one? We have to stand up for that one. So y'all stand up. There you go. Mr. Bill's going to do this on his knees. So you ready? And you know how to do this, right? I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never fly or the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never fly or the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
Well, you are all in the Lord's army. And this week, every day, we can be thankful for that. So let's thank our Lord as we go to blast or as we go back to our pews. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Let's be standing for the song before Bill's lesson this morning. When Bill, uh, when Bill sent me the the outline for the lesson today. This is one of my favorite uh, lessons and one of my favorite parts of the whole Bible, talking about the, the armor of God. And it's just absolutely amazing how we should be putting that on each and every day and how we forget sometimes to put our helmet on or to carry the sword with us or carry our shield. It takes all parts of the armor. So as we begin and prepare for this, let's sing this song, The Battle Belongs to the Lord. In heavenly armor will enter a man, the battle belongs to the Lord. that begins, I believe, today. It begins today, and it's going to be really having parts of it take place all around the world. Do you know what that event is? It's the World Cup. That's right. It's the World Cup. And no, that's not this massive thing that people drink out of from all parts of the world. It is, it is um, soccer. It's soccer. And it's probably the biggest event worldwide of the year. We're all familiar with watching the crowds throughout other nations as they uh, have the matches there and the enthusiasm uh, and excitement. 
that the different uh, nations have as they as their home team from their nation participate in the World Cup. Do you know how many times the United States soccer team has won the World Cup? That would be zero. Yeah, that, that would be zero. Uh, I'm sure part of that is my fault because I didn't really know soccer existed until I was probably an adult. And I remember my experience with soccer was when I was in junior high at Dwight Junior High School in San Antonio, uh, the coaches would have us play, play soccer when they were mad at us. And what soccer was for us junior high boys back then was just run back and forth across the football field for an hour. They said there was a soccer ball in there somewhere. I was really small. I never saw it. All I tried to do was stay alive for that hour. And, and that was my experience with soccer. Uh, my children and uh, our children here in this church, our young adults, they're all very, very, very familiar with soccer and very good at it and very active in it. And I thought about that this week as the World Cup is beginning and I'm rooting for the U.S. team. This could be the year. You know, we had the miracle on ice in 1980 uh, with hockey in the Olympics. So why not have the miracle on uh, the field uh, in, in uh, 2022? That would be in 2023. That would be pretty awesome. Um, but I did see something on Twitter this week. This man wrote this. My minister is excited about the World Cup starting today. He wants to watch somebody else struggle to make three points in 90 minutes for a change. <laughs> I think that's pretty funny. My sermons are mostly under 30 minutes. There's a couple that are over, but not very many. And sometimes there might be three points, sometimes more, sometimes less. Um, today we're making points from Ephesians chapter 6. And this incredible statement about the spiritual battle that we're in, that Paul has been talking about throughout the book of Ephesians, and the armor of God that allows us to be prepared for this battle. I achieved the rank of life in uh, the Boy Scouts, and of course the Boy Scout motto is what? Be prepared, be prepared. And as Kelly said, Sometimes we, even though we have all of that armor at our disposal, we fail to take advantage of it and to put it on and to have it with us and to be ready to use it and to be protected by it. We are in a battle for people's eternal souls, ours and others. And the battle belongs to whom? The battle belongs to the Lord. It's a battle and a war, actually, that's already been won. And in that sense, the war is over. But at the same time, it, there are still battles that are taking place. As long as we are alive in this world, we still experience those battles. And we are still in need of that spiritual armor. The battle belongs to the Lord, just as our shepherd Grant a night shared during our shepherd's prayer time, there is that, that sense where the battle is, can be internal or it can be external. And the external ones may be easier. None of them is easy. But the internal ones seem to be especially hard. And I think that's where Satan really tries to turn us away from God. 
and win the battle. We are in a battle for people's eternal souls, ours and others. Our desire is that no matter what Satan throws at us, each person can say this, I'm still standing. Much of what we sang earlier from Ephesians 6 in that great old hymn, Soldiers of Christ Arise, talks about being able to stand. Through it all, at the end of it all, to be able to say, I'm still standing. In spite of everything that Satan has thrown at me, in spite of all of those fiery darts, in spite of all of those difficulties, in spite of all of the questions and the doubts and the low moments, I'm still standing. Paul made that great statement at the end of his life in 2 Timothy 4. I've, I've fought the good fight. I've kept the faith. I've finished the course. He could have said, I'm still standing. God wants us to remain standing for him in this battle. And for us to be able to say that, for that to be true, we have to be prepared for Satan's attacks. And so as we end this series from the book of Ephesians, blessed to bless, we're hearing the call to be prepared for the spiritual battles, internal and external, whatever they might be, to be prepared for those battles by having and taking on the spiritual armor of God. We are in a spiritual battle, so we must put on spiritual armor, the full armor of of God. And that word panoply, that's what that means. The full armor of God. It shows up in that hymn, Soldiers of Christ, arise and put your armor on. Stand then in his great might, with all his strength endued, but take to arm you for the fight. What? The panoply of God. But take to arm you for the fight, the full armor of of God. Since we're in a spiritual battle, we must put on spiritual armor. The armor around us, it just won't be enough. As we talk about soldiers and fighting and battles today, we realize that that armor and those weapons, they change with time and technology and invention. But the spiritual armor that we have for our spiritual battle. It's timeless, and it is just as effective for us today as it was when Paul enumerated these things to the church at Ephesus. This spiritual armor is spoken of in Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. Verse 14, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith 
with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God. And pray, verse 18, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, the apostle himself writes, that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. He was in jail as he wrote this. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. We are to be prepared for the spiritual battle, and the only way that we can be prepared is to put on the spiritual full armor of God. And so let's go through this list and talk about each of these very briefly. First of all, the belt of truth. Some have said that that's exactly where it starts because the belt holds everything together and in place. And it's interesting that the very first thing that Paul enumerates here is truth. Truth. Not your truth, not my truth, not the truth of the culture of the day, but the truth. The belt of truth. Jesus himself saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He came to uh, demonstrate to us and to bring to us grace and truth. We first of all put on the belt of truth that holds everything together. Without it, it's all chaos. Without the Word of God, the truth of God's Word, then we're left totally on our own. And anything goes, and everything goes. And it's far from the teaching of Scripture and the will of God. Secondly, the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate obviously is protecting us. That breastplate protects us. It, it protects our, 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 our heart. Because if that, if that uh, enemy shoots at us or hits us or does something to damage our heart, then we are, it's a fatal blow. And so we put on the breastplate of righteousness. That righteousness that comes from God. Paul talks about it in, in Romans chapter 3 and in Philippians 3 and in other places. The righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. It's that breastplate of righteousness. It's not my own righteousness, but it's the righteousness of God. He had talked about that earlier as well in Ephesians chapter 2. Even though when we were dead in our sins, God made us alive through Christ. It is by grace you have been saved through the response of faith, the breastplate of righteousness. Next, we look at the foot armor, the foot armor. How important is it to have the right shoes? <laughs> if you're on a, on watching the uniforms of these uh, soccer players, then you'll notice that they're, they're very specific. Everything is meticulously planned and designed and used to bring out the best effect for that team member. And that includes the shoes, the foot armor. For the Roman soldiers of the first century, they would have to do a lot of walking. And so protecting their feet was absolutely vital. That's true of soldiers today as well. And it's true of all of us. One of the most difficult 
uh, surgeries to get over and to recover from is surgery that involves your feet. These feet are to be ready to spread the gospel. In fact, Paul would write to the Romans and he would tell them, how beautiful are the feet of those who spread the good news, who share this word and this love of Christ with others. Next is the shield of faith. And the shield of faith is meant to quench, not just to, to stop the darts from flying at us, but the fiery darts. They would, they would light their arrows and they would shoot them. And so there had to be something on that shield to keep it from catching fire as well. But the shield of faith is able to quench the fiery darts that Satan shoots at us. God doesn't keep him from shooting us at them, nor does he keep some of them from hitting that shield. But if we have that faith that is talked about in Hebrews 11 and other places, that trust in God, then that shield of faith will see us through. Next is the helmet of salvation, that great salvation that we have. Of course, the helmet is protecting the head. And more and more we're seeing sports being concerned about head injuries, and rightly so, I think. And you look at that helmet of salvation and you realize that it's protecting our heads, it's protecting our brain. And that helmet of salvation is what we have through Jesus Christ as we celebrate it up here, the Lord's Supper. As Stan led us to and reminded us to, to remember and to consider and evaluate and, and discern, re- think about that great sacrifice for us that brought about our salvation. It's that that we trust for our salvation. Not ourselves, not our own good deeds. We fail there. But the great news of the gospel is that Jesus has died for our sins. His blood is enough. Some of us were looking at Jeremiah 31 and the promise that looked ahead to that time when God would make a new covenant with His people. And He would write His law and His word in our hearts and in our minds. And we would know the Lord and He would be our God and we would be His people that comes through salvation in Jesus Christ. It comes by believing in that sacrifice of Jesus, turning away from our lives of sin. That's repent, that's changing. Not doing it perfectly, but getting on a different path. And that path is toward Jesus. Confessing that this is what we want to do, that this is our faith and being baptized into Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. It is by grace that we have been saved through the response of faith. And that is the response of faith that enables us to have and wear that helmet of salvation. And then the one offensive weapon is the sword of the Spirit, which he tells us is the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 reminds us that that Word of God is is sharp. And it's able to discern and able to cut into ourselves, our souls, to get deep inside of us, to know that truth. When Jesus himself was facing the fiery darts of Satan, he responded with three words. Do you remember? It is written. It is written. And that's how he responded to the attacks of Satan 
during those times when he was especially, specifically, directly tempted by him. It is written. He drew his sword. He drew the word of God. We must as well not leave it in its sheath, not leave it at home on the shelf or buried somewhere in our apps on our phone, but open that word up. Take that spirit out. Let it be seen by others. Let it be a reminder to us that the battle belongs to the Lord. And the word of God communicates us that great victory. Finally, the last of the armor of God that's listed here anyway is prayer. And that's good battlefield communication. <laughs> we all know how important that, uh, that command center is to be able to make the decisions and to communicate that to the others. We all know the importance of those that are out there in the trenches, in the battle, to be able to communicate to that center what's going on right here, right now. And what decisions do we need to make to, to make sure that victory is a possibility and becomes a reality. Even in uh, football games and baseball games and others, you see them communicating all the time with each other to know exactly what's going on in the field and to know exactly what direction needs to happen from here. Even though he was an apostle of God, Paul said, pray for me. Pray for me. We are in a spiritual battle, so we must put on spiritual armor, the full armor of God. Over the last two months, Ephesians has shown us that we are blessed to bless. We are blessed to bless. We have looked at several different words and been able to make several important statements from them. Chosen, first of all. We are chosen by God. And so I have value because God has chosen me. Saved. We are saved through the blood of Christ. And so we can say, I am forgiven. We are diverse. We are diverse. Ephesians acknowledges that. And so we can say, I belong. We're from different ethnic backgrounds, economic backgrounds. All of those things are true. But we all belong together as a part of this family. Prayer. I talk to God. It's just amazing to me. That we can talk to God. And as you've heard me say many times, the most powerful statement of Scripture calling on us to pray is two simple words. Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed. I talk to God. Prayer. United. I am part of a group. And yes, this group is very different. It has different skills, different talents, different abilities, different interests. But all of those are able to form one body together, one body and many members. And aren't we thankful that we're not all the same so that God can use us to reach anyone that's out there? Anyone that could come here could find someone that they can have common things involved with and to be able to feel like they are united. They are a part of the group, family. I am loved and respected. Ephesians calls on us to to feel the blessing of God in our families, and to be that blessing with each other, to help each other feel loved and respected. 
job. We spoke of that last week. We all have a job. We all have school or work or home or community involvement or something that takes up a lot of our time during the week. That's your calling. I have a calling. Whatever that is, wherever that is, whatever that role is, I have a calling. And then finally, today is prepared. I'm still standing. This great book ends with these words, Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. Ephesians 6 verse 24. That undying love that is incorruptible. Nothing can corrupt it. It's imperishable. It will not die. It's unchangeable. Other than perhaps growing in that love that we have for Christ and for each other. Paul ends the letter saying, Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. And Satan will try everything he can to kill it. But with the full armor of God, I'm still standing. I'm still standing, and I'm helping others to stand as well. I am blessed to bless. It doesn't stop with you. It doesn't stop with me. We are called to accept that blessing from the Lord and to share it with others. Though there are still battles being fought, Christ has already won the spiritual war. And with the full armor of God, I'm prepared for whatever Satan throws at me. I'm still standing. I hope you can say that today. I hope when you sang these words that it's true and it's from the heart and it's a reality for you. That having all things done and all your conflicts past, you may or come through Christ alone and stand entire at last. If we can help you to stand today, come as we stand ourselves and sing the together. for that incredible lesson. 
Um, one thing that I want to mention about is that when we're standing firm and we, thought, and we think about times of, of trouble and strife, to me, the one thing that brings me together with, and, we, and the world, honestly, is song. Song brings so many people together. And when we sing about God and we sing about Christ in our times of struggle, it helps us to be able to focus on things a lot of times. I don't know if you've ever thought about it that way, but singing a song sometimes brings joy to your life. And what better way to sing than to sing about God? So that's why I chose this last song. You are part of the music. You are the song that I sing. You are the melody. You are the harmony. Praise to your name I will bring. You are the Lord of Lords. You are the mighty God. You are the Pray with me, please. Lord, as we close out our worship service, we pray that as we face the days to come that we are prepared, prepared so that we will remain standing in the spiritual battle that we are in. We ask that you would watch over those who are in our armed forces, who are serving overseas, and we pray for a peaceful end to the bloodshed going on in the Ukraine. We pray once again for the many who are on our prayer list this week. And as we depart this morning, we pray that we will keep our minds focused upon you and your kingdom. We pray all these things in your son's most holy name. Amen.